Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast. I'm Jared. He's Jake. Relish is an underrated condiment. <laughs> nice. It is. Oh, relish. Um, so, welcome to episode three. Basketball is back. Yeah, baby. Yes. We finally have live sports again. I'm so Ooh. happy. <laughs> Um, and of course, consequentially, we have fresh content to talk about. I'm so stoked. That's right, folks. No more betting on 2K simulations or snail races. It's the real deal. It's so good to have b-ball back, and I'm so tired of snail races. Uh, although, uh, people should check out Marble League, just, just saying. Um, <laughs> so before we dive in, because um, we do need to dive right in, we have a lot of games and a lot of content to cover. Um but first, just wanted to remind everyone that if you do want to reach out, you can always email us at throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. Again, that's throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. No spaces, no caps, no periods, just the pod name with a JJ at the end. Let's do it to it. Uh, quick side note, we're available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Amazon Alexa, and we're working on Spotify. Still still yeah sorry about that but um without further ado let's get right into the bubble restart games get a boo hit it so i think uh since there are so many games uh we should do a segment we might make a regular thing um let's call it i know it's early but this is crazy okay how how is it gonna work uh, oh yeah, I should, I should probably explain. Um, I I don't think we have time to hit every single game in depth in like a thirty minute pod. Um, so maybe in the future we do multiple pods on the weekend to cover everything. But I think this time we just mention important talking points by going. I know it's early, but blankety 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 is crazy, and then we dive into that topic. Sound good? Okay, got it. Sounds good. You want to start? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll start. Um. I know it's early, but TJ Warren is crazy, man. That man is a bad man. He is. He's a walking bucket. I mean, we've known that for years, right? Um, but I think this just really solidified it. And obviously, we'll, we'll mention right at the top, um, they're missing a bunch of players. So they needed this, desperately needed yeah. this, right? Um, but yeah, they just throttled the, the Sixers and... I think it's it came down to as simple a point as Warren going for fifty three. Um, yeah, it it feels that simple. Nobody else on the Pacers scored more than fifteen points, and they were missing Brogdon. And so I think it's like, I mean, Warren went off, and that's why they won. It kind of neutralized Embiid too, who put up like forty something and fifteen boards or something crazy. Yeah. So is that outburst surprising um, by Warren? I mean. Kind of, I guess, right? He he had scored 40 before. I checked his career high before this was 40. So that's, I mean, that's a lot of points. And he is a walking bucket. We know this. He's averaged like 19 a game the last three seasons, essentially. So I don't I know. Mean, what he, is this surprising? Anytime anybody puts up, you know, 20 buckets on less than 30 buckets from the field, that's pretty spectacular. Shooting that high of a percentage. Oh, um, yeah. It's not super surprising. Dude can score, obviously. We've seen him for the past few years. Um, but it's good to see him be able to take over a game like that when he knows his team needs it in order to get the victory. Uh, you know, that shows that they've got him and Aladipo, uh, who can really take over the game on the offensive end, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. 
I mean, the final score of that game was 127 to 121. So it was it was pretty close, and it was close throughout. Um, so, yeah, they really needed that. I mean, missing so many guys. So um, I just thought that was very much worth mentioning. I mean, I know everybody's mentioned that, but TJ Warren, Mr. Cash Considerations. Could you believe that? The Suns traded him away for cash considerations. Last time I checked, cash considerations haven't scored more than – any points in a game before? <laughs> yeah. I bet. I wonder how they're feeling about that trade. Uh, cash considerations. <laughs> Probably right. feeling a little worse for wear. Well, I've got one. How about this? I know it's early, but Duncan Robinson is the best three-point shooter who doesn't play in the Bay Area. I love it. Absolutely love it. I had that written in my notes, too. Duncan Dude Robinson is a flamethrower. Heck yeah, he's like a 6'10 J.J. Redick. He's just so beautiful to watch. It's like poetry in motion. It's very smooth. And underrated defender. I mean, he's not you know he's not the most athletic guy. Um, but man, he's smart and he knows where to be. Um, with his length and his good instincts, he can just kind of make up for not being quite as yeah. like fleet of foot as the premier athletes. I think uh, J.J. Redick comparison is accurate. J.J., I think is an underrated defender. He's not a lockdown defender by any means, but I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be super cerebral, great team player. Um, You know, that's a guy you really want on your team and man, the heat, all these young guys that came out of nowhere undrafted. You love to see it. You love to see it. I mean, Dunkin Donuts Robinson, man. Uh, I'll be, I'll be honest. uh, I'm sure like everybody, I didn't see this coming during his Michigan days. Um, and I looked it up. I didn't even know he started his college career at D3 College, yep. Williams College. The East. Pretty wild. Uh, the East are their name, yeah. I think he's the first D3 player since uh, Devin George, I think. Really? Oh, wow. Well, hopefully he has a better career than Devin George. <laughs> um, yeah, fun fact, both the men's and women's athletic teams at Williams College, that college he attended before he switched to, to Michigan, they're both referred to the Fs. Or the Eves, the Eves, I guess, huh. in 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 honor of uh, Colonel Ephraim, who established the college. So okay. it's not like the Eves and the Lady Eves. It's just, just yeah, the that, that that makes a little more sense. Yeah, fun. I don't know if that's a fun fact. It's just a fact. But <laughs> keep your eye on Duncan in the playoffs. He's going to be key if they're going to make a run. He's going to be key. Did you have any any thoughts about the Denver in that game? Um, I mean, clearly they miss Murray. They miss that. Yeah, Second I think offense. that's what I had written too. They they um, missed Murray and um, Harris. I mean, they were missing their guards. They just had no guard play, so they ran everything through Jokic, and that's yeah. I mean, he's good, it's but it's a lot to ask minutes. to run an entire off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, forty eight minutes yeah. is too much. You're right. I'm not too worried about Denver. Um, I really don't even pay attention to them in the season, anyways, because they they do so well um, in the regular season, and yet in the playoffs, they've yet to show me that they're a true contender. So I'm not worried about these seeding games. We'll see what they do in the playoffs. We'll see what they do in the play. That's a good point. We'll we'll suspend our belief. Um, it's a little rough for them because they if they wanted to overtake some of these guys ahead of them in the standings, like the Clippers, for uh-huh. example, they they kind of needed to win this because the the Clips dropped the game one to the Lakers. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, so that would have been a good position for them to to get up one, but they didn't. So uh, hopefully uh, Murray comes back quickly because I do think they need his his hot and coldness. Um, you know that that fire at the at the point. Um, okay, I have a I have a quick one, a very quick one. Because I don't think we need to talk about these two teams that much, um, but it, it, it's early. 
But Timmy Carrots had a moment, man. Timmy Carrots, Timothy Luau Cabarro, playing off the bench for the Nets. They're completely depleted, so that's why he got so much time. Um, but he had 24 points and four boards in 22 minutes off the bench. Not too bad. 8 of 12 shooting, 5 or 8 from deep. Dude went off. Way to go, Cabarro. Um, what that tells me is kind of shows you how good every player in the NBA is. That at any point, any of these guys could go off if given the chance, you know? Yeah, and the Nets lost to the Magic 118 to 128. So I should mention that. So I don't know how impactful that 24 was um, if they lost, but but it was good to see. I, I just believed in that guy when he got drafted by the Sixers in 2016, and I'm I'm glad that he's finally showing. Maybe this bubble will be his chance to, to put his name on the map because he's just kind of floated around. Yeah, he's got uh, the opportunity, that's for sure. He's got the opportunity. Uh, I didn't have much to say about the Magic in that game because they were, uh, other than um, Jonathan Isaac being kind of awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, he showed that to us during the regular season, so it, that's not surprising. All right. Well, I got one. Uh, kind of disregarding the game against the Bucks because I think it's just a one-off. But I know it's early, but Jason Tatum is Carmelo Anthony 2.0. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I As on as I was in my other prediction, which I think we'll get to later, I was so far off in this one when I predicted that Tatum would have 35 a game in this, this ramp-up. He was horrible. Eh. He was garbage. Yeah, he was horrible. But I think regarding that game... It's going to happen. Scores do that. But as of this recording, he's currently going off against the Trailblazers. He is. Yeah. So spoilers, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. So he, he is going off against the Blazers. So he's bounced back, I think, which is good to good to see. But, but mark my words, in 10 years, when his career is all said and done, people are going to look back at him and say, he was what Carmelo Anthony should have been. He <laughs> scored from been. anywhere on the floor. Much better defender than Melo ever was. Much better. Going to be a superstar. That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think there's much to say about that game in particular. The Bucks beat the Celtics. Um, what was the final score there? It was 119-112. Yeah, thanks. Um, and uh, I think it was pretty pretty basic in terms of the explanation. I think that was the explanation. Jason Tatum was garbage. Yeah. Um, and the Bucks had a standard Bucks game. Giannis went off. Middleton was key. Lots of contributions across the board. A classic Bucks game. Um, but the, so the Celts got a team high of twenty three from Marcus Smart off the bench. But I think that kind of illustrates the problem because when Marcus Smart is doing that much heavy lifting on offense, you most likely have a problem in the lineup elsewhere. Like someone's not yeah. doing their job. And I think in this game it was Tatum, right? He was trash. Two of eighteen shooting, over from threes. But they also shot poorly as a team, kind of. Um, because their starting lineup, the Celts only shot twenty four for sixty nine. That's only thirty four point eight percent, like as a total starting lineup. So, if I mean, if Tatum hits like even thirty percent of his shots, they win this game. So, I think it's as simple as that. Which maybe is scary if you if you kind of spin it like that. It's maybe a little scary for the Bucks that the Celts shot this poorly and they were still that close. Yeah, definitely. Did um last thing on this topic? Did you have any any take on that controversy late with the the charge no charge on Giannis? Um, uh, not really. I just, those calls are so hard to make, especially at the NBA level with how quick these guys are moving and the whole challenge thing, my whole, my whole take, I don't really care about that car individual. I won't say anything about that, but why did they take so long to come up with these calls if they're watching them? 
I, it it takes take a long at least time. five minutes during the end of the game. It should be like one or two looks, and you should know. Yeah, especially in this in this case, I actually think they got the call right eventually, but I think it was very clear. I mean, Giannis yeah. was already in the air by the time Smart got into position, and it's yeah. very clear in the rule book that um, while the offensive player is able to avoid the collision, the defender has to get in place. So if they get in place after it's too late for the offensive player to move, like they can't avoid the collision, which in this case happened because Giannis had already left his feet. Then by definition, it's a it's a blocking foul. So I don't I don't. It's very simple to me. So I, I was kind of confused. I mean, I get Marcus Smart's anger because they called it one way and then switched it and then again, didn't give a good explanation. But I mean, I don't know. I'm with you. I, I'm annoyed that it takes so long. All right. Uh, do you, do you have another take or do you want me to go? Because I have a go ahead. I have a decent one. Um. So I uh, I don't really know if I can phrase it this way. Maybe I can. But um, most surprising, um, Anthony Simons didn't play, and I thought that was crazy in the Grizz versus Blazers game. So the Blazers pulled it out, and I think we should hone down on this game because it's very important. Yeah. Um, the Blazers, I think this is the prediction I got right that I mentioned earlier. So I predicted that I think the Blazers are going to be that eight spot, and I think, I mean, they started here. They started this inevitable climb of that eight spot by making a statement over the Grizz or the team they're chasing. Yep. But uh, Anthony Simons didn't play. Like, uh, Stotts only played eight people. He only went eight deep in this game. So, yeah. I mean, he was playing it like it was a playoff game. Like, he was very clearly by that that decision as a coach. He's like, I'm treating this like a playoff game. I'm shortening my rotation. We're going to get this game. Um, and it worked, you know, it worked yeah. in the end. But um, I was a little surprised because Simons played a lot for them during the regular season. Like, he was their up-and-coming guard. They didn't even want to include in trade talks because they were so high on him. and. Uh-huh. It's a little weird to not see him get a minute and then Gary Trent Jr. to get a bunch of time. Although Gary yeah. Trent Jr. went off. He went for like 21, right? So I don't know. It seems um, like he was trying to go a little bigger. Oh, um, 17 off the bench, sorry. Yeah, I think he was trying to go with more length. Um, just I think they work best when you have CJ and Dame and then three long, tall guys, you know, just covering the paint and hitting threes. That's kind of yeah. their MO. And I don't know, maybe he just felt like that was the way to go that game. Yeah, and it worked, so I can't complain about it, right? Yep. They won. Um, and that, that supersedes any other <laughs> arguments, right? Um, but I thought it was surprising that he didn't play, given you know how important he's been this this year. Um on the Grizz side, you know, Triple J poured in the points in this one, man. Jerry Jackson Jr. had thirty three and was raining the threes, six of fifteen. And his three is so wonky too. He like it's puts very his foot wonky. in front of it and like chucks it up. Looks like me. <laughs> he looks very odd, uh, but it goes in, man. It goes in. While we're on this topic, I have another take. Mm-hmm. I know it's early, but Jaron Jackson Jr. is the best player on the Grizzlies. <sighs> he might be. I mean, he showed that he was tonight. Well, it's one game, so I like that that it's in this section. Um, yeah, he is. He's got skills, man. He was taking Nurkic off the dribble every mm-hmm. single down time down the floor. I don't know why they didn't go to that more often. Like he could have had forty. I mean, as good as Jai is, I think the combination of his, of his athleticism and defensive ability, um, and just his versatility at that four spot, he's JJ is. He's a talent. Yeah, Triple J's a beast, man. And uh, Jaw did have a bad night. Um, he had 22 and 11, so his final stats, kind of his counting stats look good, but 
yeah. he had a bad night from three. He was only mm-hmm. one of seven from three and only seven of 22 from the field. So he was, he was not efficient tonight. Uh, the, <laughs> the other end of the spectrum is Brandon Clark, right off the bench, huge 21 and seven, two assists, uh, hyper efficient, seven of eight oh. shooting. I mean, that dude Those is good. Three. He's the steal of the draft. Yeah. That, that group of three guys right there, if they can stay together, they're going to be a force. They got a solid young core, but this was huge because the Blazers are just one step closer, right? To that, to, to knocking on the Grizzlies door and they don't really have to overtake the Grizzlies, right? They just kind of have to force this play in game where I think McCollum and Lillard are just going to be so scary. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, they pulled within two and a half games of the Grizz with this one. So that's huge when you only have to be within four games. Might might be the most important of this restart so far. Yeah. I was trying to come up with one of these for the Suns versus Wizards, but I mean, the Zards are hapless. And I don't think that's an insult to Wizards fans. Like, you know that you're just kind of depleted. You have no talent. You have another talent you would normally have. So I think... Go for it. I'd rather watch snail races than watch that game. (laughs) Would you watch Marble League with me? (laughs) Maybe not that. Maybe not (laughs) Maybe not. But boy. Okay. I can't believe those two teams are in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Suns pulled away like halfway through the second quarter and never really looked back. Yeah. Yeah. They just had more firepower. And I did think one cool thing from that game was that Aiden hit his first career three in that game. And he went two for three from three. Really? Like he hadn't hit a three before that game. Yeah. And that's huge for me. I mean, if he has a shot to his game, that changes his projections because he's no longer like an old school mid range big. Now he's like this tantalizing prospects super flexible in offense if he adds that that stretch three element um so i think that's a huge thing so it's only yeah. one game but that was crazy to me yeah. he went two he's, for three. he's a talent that's for sure yeah did you have a, another one because i have i have one last one it's all you knock it out of the park so it's early but Derek white is the best defensive guard in the league <laughs> No, wow. I, I know that's an overreaction, even though being early, but uh, he took five charges against the Kings, five nice. charges. He got, he got his tooth chip for his effort. He's, um, he's dude, a stud, no doubt. He's a beast on defense. And I mean, that pairing with DeJounte should be scary. And I'm, I'm confused why it wasn't scarier during the year, but they showed out in this game. Um, and they, they took this one, you know, the Kings took this, uh, or sorry, the, the Spurs took this one over the Kings, 129 to 120. Um, another big game. Another big game because it keeps their hopes alive. You know, yep. keeps the possibility of that streak alive. Kind of ruins it for the Kings almost. It kind of does because it's it's a struggle, right? So the in the end, the Kings are still a half a game up on the Pels, and they're only one game behind the Blazers. So there's still a chance for them, right? Um, yeah. But you can't be dropping these. I mean, the Spurs are one of those teams between them and the uh, the Blazers. So. To drop one to them is is tough. Um, if you want to make it to the playoffs, you can't lose to a team that's down a star. You really can't. And, you know, the same could be said for the Kings in their defense. They are missing Bagley, although I don't know if he's a star. I think that's part yeah, of my yeah. issue with them. I don't know what he is. Because their they're top three, that, that guard rotation that they have with Bogdanovich, Fox, and Buddy is, is pretty good, especially in this day and age, because they can... Well, two of them can shoot really well, and Fox is a, is a menace. Like, he just... He's like a young John Wall, man. He's like mm-hmm. a blur on offense. Um, and he maybe had himself a night. Maybe even quicker. He had himself a night. He went off for 39. 
Um, so he was super fun. Um, and Bogdan, my boy Bogdan, he showed out too. Went for 24 points, 6 of 11 from deep. He's a stud. He is a stud. I wish the Lakers had traded for him. He would be huge on our team right now. Um, so the Kings have pieces, man. It's just whether they can get their pieces on the same kind of track. Because Bagley keeps getting hurt. And so if he keeps getting hurt and it stunts his growth and he can't be the big guy complement to those three, that's that's unfortunate. They're going to have to find a way to find that complement for those young guys because they're getting close to their prime. So they're going to need to to start getting on track here and, and start making some playoff bursts. Yeah, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, they might as well just drop out of the NBA and, I don't know, become a baseball <laughs> franchise, something like uh, that. I don't know about all that. I mean, they have promised. Like, remember last year? They were so fun last year. Yeah, they're fun to watch, no doubt. But for a franchise as downtrodden as Sacramento, they need to make the playoffs. They do. Yeah, this needs to end. Uh, otherwise, they might they risk going the way of the, the Timberwolves, right? They just mm-hmm. keep narrowly missing and narrowly missing, and and they have like promising young guys, but they there's something's just wrong. So I hope they find the answer. I do. Agreed. They are fun. Yeah, they're fun. Okay, so uh, did you have one? Because um, I didn't really have any other hugely interesting things other than the Lakers, which we've been purposefully saving. Well, yeah. Let's 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 go to that. And my last take on that is, as I said before, the Raptors are coming out of the Eastern Conference. The Raps are coming out of the East. You did say that, and they looked good. They looked really good. They looked like champions. Or maybe we just looked that bad. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, it's hard to win when both your stars don't score at all. Um, but Yep, that's my number that's, one point on my notes here. Our yeah. stars did not have a great game. I don't think that's through their fault alone. I think that the Raptors and Nick Nurse are just so good defensively. The way they scheme, they just took them away. He's, he's a great coach. Like, I... I don't know where he is in the standings here. Did they come out with the Coach of the Year award already? Because I don't think he was they a have of... any of those awards yet. Yeah, he was in pole position for a lot of the year, uh, missing so many guys in and out of the lineup. So I don't know. Maybe he'll win it. Although He's I don't know if you want him to win it. He's not? Really? Who's your Coach of the Year? No, I said he is. Oh, he is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. He is what people think Brad Stevens is. That's a great comp. He is, because he's he actually putting player. it together. Um, I don't know if you want him to be coach of the year for the Rats fans, because uh, every time they get a coach of the year, they fire him the next year. So That's good. true, but I don't think this team is quite <laughs> in the Dwayne. same position as that team. I think they're going to make it. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just being a little tongue-in-cheek there. Um, yeah, so AD and LeBron struggled. They got going a little bit in the fourth, but I think it was just too late, and we, we didn't play good enough defense on the stretch to make up for our, our early transgressions. Yeah. I mean, honestly – our bench kept us in it. They gave us really good runs in the third quarter. Yeah. Our starters were garbage. Danny yeah. Green, what was he doing? He was not doing much of anything. <laughs> Running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, weirdly, yeah, it was our it was our bench mob kind of keeping us in it. Kuz and Caruso and and Dion, Dion again. Dion, he's, he's making a push for more minutes, man. He's been good. I think – he played way better than J.R. Smith. I don't want J.R. touch on the floor. Yeah, J.R., God. He is, uh, well, I don't know. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't played competitive basketball for like a year. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, our shooting was just horrible in this game overall, Horrendous. though. God. We really need shooters, and I think that's where 
Dion and I guess to some extent, unfortunately, JR are actually going to be weirdly important. And I hate that they are this important because we just don't have any floor spacing. No. Kuz played well, and we're going to need him to play like that every game if we're going to have a chance. We are. We are. The The only thing I, I took issue with him is that Siakam burned him left and right. I mean, yeah, Siakam towards the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Siakam is smooth. I, he's like a. He was an early MVP buzz candidate really, really early in the year. So we can't really expect Kyle Kuzma, who's not known for his defense, to, yeah. to keep in step with him. But that was unfortunate that we assigned him that that assignment. And then, you know, Spicy P was just killing him, getting to the rim at will. He looks like a souped-up Lamar Odom. <laughs> yeah, super long, super smart. Yeah, I like that comp. Um, and then Lowry. I mean, did Lowry win oh the game for God. them? Probably. He's a stud. He, he was, I have written here, Lowry is playing the refs like he's a James Harden mini-me. <laughs> there was this one play where he was he was guarding J.R. Smith, and he did this amazingly smart thing where the camera angle catches him, that he's hip-grabbing J.R. Smith, basically hugging him, but he's on the opposite side from the ref, so he knows the ref can't see it. And then as soon as J.R. gets into the paint, he like flops backwards, and the ref sees that and calls the offensive foul on J.R. Yeah. I'm just like... God, he is just a pro. He knows where the refs are. He knows everybody's position on the court. He's just, he's playing them. Um, I really like him. I really like that whole Raptors team. As much as they beat us up and, and that was a tough loss to take, they're yeah. just fun. They're just a real team-oriented guys, champions, rough, defensively locked in. They're they're a problem. They are a problem. Yeah, I admire them too, even though they they put it on us here um and you know they have a lot of young guys so they could only get better from here yeah yeah are we gonna talk about lebron's struggles he can't make a free throw to save his life yeah it's hard to watch i i was kind of hoping he'd come to the bubble having like i don't know magically gotten better in that respect i guess um but i don't know he's been bad these first two games he has no rhythm on his free throws he he shoots kind of like Blake Griffin, where they go slowly to the top and then real quickly when they release it. Yep. And this is in direct contrast to the uh, the game two days before when we played the Clips, where I was I was kind of optimistic after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we beat the Clips, which I, I was super happy about. Uh, obviously, they were down Lou Will and Montrez. So it's a different game when that happens. But, you know, LeBron locked in on defense late. And we were able to keep pace with the Clips. You know, that we, we took their body blows and we, we responded. Um, I don't know. I, I was feeling good about that game. And then this game kind of was like a punch to the gut because the Raptors took it to us. It's hard to watch Anthony Davis dominate one game and then essentially disappear until the fourth quarter or another game. I know. Where was he all game? Because you're right. He dominated that Clipper game. He was basically the, the thing we had going to combat the Kawhi and, and Paul George rain show um and then he wasn't anywhere this time until the fourth quarter where he showed up a little bit uh, i'm just really worried about the lakers i i think the only chance for them to win a championship is for lebron and ad to dominate because it's clear that if they don't play well we don't have the firepower or the three-point shooting to overcome that yeah as good as our as our bit players played um it obviously demonstrated that it's not enough it's not enough to keep us in games when LeBron yeah. and AD suck. So they can't both suck. If one of them no. sucks, like the game one, we have a chance. But if no. they both suck, it's too much to overcome. But 
hey, it's not a playoff game yet. We still got six more games to get our gel on and all that. So not time to panic, I don't think, maybe. Not time to panic. And, you know, maybe LeBron will ramp up. Maybe he really does need to be a rhythm guy and he needs a little bit, you know, a little bit of time to get back to peak performance. I'm I'm really hoping that's what it is. Just a a quick uh, parting shot at the Clippers. Playoff P missed another game winner. (laughs) Oh, for his career still. Just just, uh, thought I'd mention that. It was a decent look. P. Good defense by LeBron, but he had great a look. defense by LeBron. Did something finally contributed, um, and we came alive in that fourth quarter against the Clippers. Uh, yeah, three. Like, yep, we uh, did. So Dion, God, I keep coming back to Dion. He might, he might be super important for us. He That's and Caruso might be our two most important bench players. They might be, and Caruso, I, I love Caruso, but I think he kind of needs to play a little bit better. He's been okay at times. I think he's played really well. I mean, towards the end of the game, last game, he did make two back-to-back horrible turnovers. Uh, But before that, I thought he was playing great defense. He doesn't chuck up ill-advised shots. He shoots when he's open. He's just not a stats guy. He's a defense, get people involved, chew-up minutes type of guy. He really is, yeah. Um, So, I mean, hopefully he fills that role. We need it. We need all the guard play we can get. And he is good defensively, like you said. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a little depressed. I'm a little encouraged. I don't know. I feel like kind of on the fence with the Lakers. But I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just happy we're not the Lakers from years past. We're finally relevant again, and I think oh, that needs yeah. to be celebrated. Yes. So we, uh, if you don't have anything to add on that topic, uh, we have a little bit of time. Uh, I thought maybe we could dive into either the Rockets Mavs or the, the Jazz or the Pelicans. What do you want to talk about, Zion? I'd like to talk about the Mavericks Rockets. Yeah, that was a great game. Because um, kind of shows me that when Russ and Harden are able to put up numbers and score and contribute, they're a really tough team to beat. They're very tough. Um, it's just a lot to handle every possession. It's just a lot mm-hmm. of energy. Yeah. yeah. Because you get tired out dancing around the perimeter trying to guard Harden without even getting close to him because if you get within a few inches, the rest will call a foul. Yep. Um, so you waste all your mental energy just trying to keep up with that. And then the next possession, Russ comes at you like a freight train. Exactly. That's Even in the half court, it's it must be so hard to stand there, off ball, being ready, but watching Harden do his thing. And then all of a sudden, Westbrook just comes as a blur down the paint. And you got to react to that. It's it's an ultimate change of pace. I don't think we've ever seen between two players. It really is, and I I think opponents are just going to kind of have to hope. Um, I mean, there's you you can obviously answer it in some ways, and I guess maybe we can get to that defensive strategy that I was talking about off pod. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think you kind of have to hope that they tire themselves out. That this ramp up happens so quickly, and there's so many games and such few turnaround or such a small turnaround between games. Sorry. Um, that they just get tired out and, you know, they, they hit walls or, or something like that running, they run down, um, they start missing shots because I think that'll be huge in slowing them down because you're right. It's hard to deal with when you have that two man punch at the top. Um, I mean, Harden went for like a quiet 40 something. Like what did he end up with? I don't remember. 43, I think 43, 45, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, and it was kind of quiet because I have written down in my notes here um, somewhere in the oh in the second quarter here. Um, D- 
Dallas busted out that that doubling Harden strat, which isn't new, right? Teams have tried that before, where they double Harden at the top, they get the ball out of his hands early, and then it most likely goes to Russ, and he kind of attacks the paint. That's generally how his possessions go. Um, but it was working. I mean, Harden uh, only made one shot that quarter, and he missed his other shot, so he went one for two. He only took two field goals, um, and he made one free throw. So he, he only made, you know, he only got three points that quarter. Mm-hmm. Um and it, the ball got out of his hands. He wasn't making people. And that's when they overtook the Rockets. That's when they felt a bit of a lead, the, the Mavs. Um, yeah. So I kind of like that strategy. And I think while I was watching the game, Doris Burke hit on how it can work. And probably the best way to use that is to to use it with – um. it's not something to pull out every possession. Like you don't just double hard in every possession. Yeah. It's yeah. something you want to bust out for a few in a row and then kind of back off it. Exactly. And then you know let a few possessions go by and then bust it out for a few in a row. Or you know alternate um, because that's kind of sows chaos on their offense and uh-huh. they don't know what to do. And while Russ is great at attacking the paint, he'll eventually start settling for jumpers. We know yeah. that's his nature, <laughs> especially if he feels good. Exactly. If he starts feeling good, he'll start settling for jumpers and start bricking them. And if that happens, you've won already. You've won the mental battle. Yep. Um, so I think that's how you can use that strategy. You know, you don't use it every possession, but you kind of bust it out on a semi-regular basis. You know, you bust it out one possession, then don't use it for three. Then you do it three straight, then you don't use it for the rest of the quarter. You know, like that sort of thing. Um, I think that's a great idea. I'm with you there. It's definitely one way to handle it. Or you can just do what Golden State does and wait for them to uh, lose the game by themselves by bricking a bunch of threes. Yeah, my missing 27 straight. That'd be... Yep. Because it'll happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's much different in a series than in a one-off like this. Um, on the Mavs side, uh, Luke is awesome. He but is it, awesome. It is obvious to me now that I've watched so many of his games this year. His three-point percentage is weird because he seems to hit the big ones, but then you look uh-huh. at his percentage and it's only like thirty flat, and you're like, yeah, yeah, he's rust from three, really. It is weird. He he does seem to hit the most difficult ones almost. Yeah, he hits the different. It's it's almost Kobe esque. As I was talking to mm-hmm. Jeff, he came in and Jeff is my roommate. Um, he came in and watched part of that game. And I was explaining to him how it's it's almost Kobe esque. Where like he doesn't hit a great percentage, but then you realize the quality of the shots that he's taking and a yeah, lot of his step back threes are they're so difficult. And a lot of them come as like bailout shots for the team. Yeah, like late yeah. in the shot clock, he realizes no one was going to get something, so he takes it upon himself to to get up a step back three, and so that kind of influences it. Yeah. Although Kobe at times, especially without Shaq those first couple of years, it seemed like he was looking for difficult shots to prove yeah. something wrong. So it's but not yeah. a, yeah, it's not that kind of Kobe-esque, but in more in the sense that like the leader of your team that will take mm-hmm. the tough shots and yeah. will take the sacrifice in their field goal percentage. Um, and so I think, I think that's actually a good thing. And I think his percentage will get better. He's only in his second year shooting. Yeah. Shooting comes and their the offense is still the best in the league. So and it's still the best in the league. It's, not detrimental exactly um and kp had himself a game man oh yeah he's looking good he's back back. yeah um yeah he's when he's good like that when he's popping um and driving by fools when they they close out on him it's you can see why their offense is so dang good Mm -hmm. um because having a guy like that uh who you do have to guard out wide with your big um kind of throws the rest of your defense into a disarray and that's when Luca can attack those seams. Now the Rockets are a special case because they don't have any big guys, um, and they're using like Robert Covington to guard him. But who did a good job 
did a good decent job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. These are two good teams, and it's uh, that was a great game. Fantastic game. Yeah. A lot of these games have been good. Some of them have been blowouts, but we've gotten a few overtime games. People are hitting their shots. Even the Laker Raptor game, which was real bad from the field, but it was still exciting because it's one of those playoff atmosphere, defensive battle struggle type games. Yeah. Um, the NBA looks awesome. I can't wait for the playoffs. It looks great. The product looks great. I think that's a good point because like I was a little afraid it might look weird given the scrimmages yeah. and, and just yeah. the rest of it all. It looks just like basketball. You yeah. don't really notice the fan, you know, the absence that much. No, they've done a good job of creating enough noise so that it's not playing, you know, in practice or something like that. It's, it feels like a game. Yeah. And outside of a few teams, <clears throat> Lakers, uh, being super cold from the field and shooting wise, um, it's like normal basketball. They don't look yeah. rusty in any sense. Besides, the that. only rust uh, I see is guys making bad passes, like passing a cross court pass between two players. That's really the only thing. People aren't really in sync yet. But besides that, yeah, like you said, shooting defensively, everything looks good. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. People are trying to force passes a little bit more, so hopefully that'll calm down. But yeah, I like how it looks. Uh, I had a final point. I guess we don't need to dive too much into the Pels versus Jazz, um, other than saying like it's unfortunate for the Pels that they've lost so much positioning already this early in the bubble. Yeah, it's a shame. Because I do think it'd be fun to see Zion versus LeBron in the playoffs, but Zion has a weird... He looks rusty. Um, and he, he missed practice time, obviously. Um, he went in and out of the bubble for a bit, right, for the family emergency, and then he came back, and he didn't have much time with the team. He looks a little chunkier, maybe. Maybe his conditioning isn't what we thought it was. But he just looks rusty. However, he has this weird phenomenon, and we talked about this off pod, where you say that, and you see the eye test, and you're like, he doesn't look that great. And then you look at his stat line, and he has 13 points on 6 of 8 shooting. Yeah. And you're like, what? where did that come from? Uh, yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Like it He just, just impacts the game without you noticing. Just shows you how athletic he is and how just, I don't know, just what a freak he is. He's just so physically gifted that even when his shot isn't there or he's a little rusty, he can still move his body enough to put up six for eight from the field or get 13 rebounds or do whatever. He impacts the game in so many ways. And it's it's weird. I don't remember seeing this with another person where I, I'm, I don't notice his impact as much on screen. And then I look back and I'm like, holy, I mean, he did all this. Wow. I see that with LeBron. You, you know you what? That's it. a good comp. And obviously he does stuff throughout the game. You're like, wow, that's LeBron. But then you look at his stats. You're like, how did he have 38 and nine? Where did that come from? Yeah, that's a really good point. And you know, that's not the first time that comp has been thrown out. So I think there's some truth to it. Well, he's got to play full minutes in order to get there. So hopefully he can stay healthy and do that. Yeah, and he does look rusty. Despite that, he, his rebounding numbers are not great, and his defense has not been great in the yeah. early on here. So, uh, and they have lost games, right? So, yep. yeah, we'll 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 keep our belief at bay for a little bit. But yeah, Zion, man, he's a one of a kind. Oh yeah. <sighs> All right. So I know we didn't hit every game. Uh, we didn't hit every single topic, but I think we did a good, quick recap here. These first few games. Um, yeah. We're clearly excited for basketball to be back. Yeah, it was a little lengthy, but that's to be expected when we're talking about the first round of games. Um, hopefully in the future we'll be able to put out a bigger volume of pods so we can cover them in quicker chunks. Um, 
but hey it's good to be talking basketball it's good to be talking ball live ball not mm-hmm. <laughs> rewinding um although those those were fun we had some fun times on the rewind podcast so oh yeah yeah um all right so we'll record the next one of these on i think tuesday is when we have planned yes, sir. Uh, we'll go over today's slate of games on sunday as well as mondays and probably tuesdays for the... all right so uh signing out i guess right yes sir get a boo get a boo jake all right peace